for number two, the game. We're after work. I'm Mitch Fortner at Mitch the Fort. Troy Coverdale at Troy Coverdale. David G at, help me out, DGK Rock. And Travion Berkland running the show. Your handle? I'm not on Twitter. Well, then we'll smart man. Forget it. <laughs> I'll never plug your stuff again. Why don't you just go grab the guy with the bum wing and get out of here, pal? All right, I'll do. See I'm sure we've talked about. Do you, you have Instagram? I do. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, everybody's on Instagram, aren't they? I'm terrible at it. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not going to take I, a picture. I also don't try. I also I, I should try more on face or uh, not Facebook but Twitter. Yeah, I don't try hard enough. You're good at Twitter. I, I'm okay. I, yeah. I, you know, since Come I'm an employee on. of K State, you know, don't want to be too controversial and yeah, uh, boy. get myself in trouble. I yeah. hate roast beef sandwiches. Boom, K State coming yeah. down on. Uh, they would tell me to delete it. Yeah. There yeah. goes that Arby's sponsorship right out the window. <laughs> I've been told to delete it. Tweet a time or two, maybe four times, but. Uh, We'll get to Ryan Height here in just a second. Now, DG, uh, you actually have, um, and I'd love if you would share some big news yeah. uh, about today. Today is Sarah's due date. We're supposed to have baby number two. Tick, 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 tick. tick Nothing tick, so tick, far. She's sitting at home. Um, she's, I'll tell you this. She's not listening, so I can say this. She's nesting pretty hard right now. Cleaning up. Can you do that? Can you do that? And I'm like, yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Smart and man. I'm thinking, dude, this don't matter. <laughs> I go, just go walk outside. But she, yeah, we're Smart expecting. man right up until that point. Yeah. <laughs> what, what has been the most unnecessary thing she's had you do? There was some, um, on the house, there is, I, I can't remember what it's called, but up top, just under the guttering, there was something that was just barely kind of hanging like, just off, just a little bit. She made me get up on the ladder and like screw something in. And I was like, this is nesting. Also, we have this plant in the back. She cut it down yesterday. She she had me teach her how to use a weed whacker. And she was like, Brrr. and I was like, that's nesting. Literally nesting. She is weed whacking nine weed months whacking. pregnant. Dude, she don't care. She's just like Brrr, out there doing all kinds of weird stuff. She's nesting. She's nesting. But yeah, we have we're on Baby Watch 2022 right now. We are uh I think so it was today was the due date. We're just going to wait out baby. And I think it's coming Saturday for whatever reason. I just feel like Saturday is going to be the day. Um our firstborn Sophia, she was a day late too though. She was a day late to the party. Fashionably late. I think you have a pitch for DIY or HGTV about that pregnant weed whacking. <laughs> hey, it's me, Dave. I'm your host on Pregnant Weed Whacking. Uh, what's the weirdest thing your wife has destroyed in, in order to <laughs> expend energy that she has hormonally? <laughs> She's last time I came home last when Sophia was, you know, when she was still had Sophia, and she was cleaning like the floorboards. She was like scrubbing them. And I was like, hey, Cinderella, get up. Get up. Don't do what are you doing? I like, gotta make sure the floorboards are clean for the baby. And I'm like, oh dude. Dude. <laughs> you have a one year old. Yeah. There's no way those floorboards are clean. No, not anymore. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Nobody tells you. 
Nobody gives you the heads up that it is over as far as like cleanliness and we, your your living room. You put together everything so nice. Everything's put away and really, and then the baby comes mm-hmm. in. And it's her job is to just pull things off of shelves and just throw them on the ground. It's like stop. But she's is so one cute. too early to ground somebody? Oh yeah, you can't say nothing. And I said one time <laughs> she was pulling on the TV cord, and I and I was like, okay, here we go. I go no. You're right in the middle of a Call of Duty game, and yeah, I go no. Forget no. Forget gaming. It's over. <laughs> I go no. A real stern, like a dad, like true dad. And she looked back at me and smiled so big. And she went, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So now she walk around and she'll grab something and go, no, no, <laughs> no. And I'm like, dude, you're was, mocking me. Was no her first word? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she did mama. She did mama right off the bat. And then I kept going, dada. And she wouldn't say it. And then one time we were doing some recipe and I was like, I need um, andouille sausage. And she goes, andouille, andouille, andouille. And Sarah's like, you realize she said andouille before she said dad. That's sad. Wow. I'm way down there, man. I think she thinks I'm rad. Like we're buddies and stuff. We hang out. But she just won't say dad. She won't look at me and go, dad, dad. When she does that, I'm like. God's over, man. You know this baby's going to show up on Saturday, right? Yeah. I, I, I really have this. I think so. Water breaks. It's 10, 15. <laughs> oh, no. It's an 11 o'clock kick. And you're, oh! and you're showing up at the hospital. You got you got the game on their phone in one hand. Push, BB, push. She thinks you're saying baby. <laughs> Transport to the hospital is going to be an issue because of traffic. Oh, no, dude. We're going to let him know. I'm going to do this symbol for we got a baby coming, the international symbol. Push, BB, push. <laughs> he was so supportive. He was just right there. And I was talking about Cooper BB the whole time. <laughs> well, since the topic has been brought up, oh, uh, the game Saturday against the Texas Tech Red Raiders, both teams 3 and 1, both teams 1 and 0 oh in conference play. Let's talk Texas Tech football with Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland.com. Ryan, to start off, just one K-State fan asking a question to one Texas Tech fan. How did it feel to be Texas and OT on Saturday? You know, it's just another game around here. Uh, it really didn't have much meaning. Obviously, the fans weren't that engaged. It, you didn't have many people at the game. It wasn't a 60,000-plus seat sellout or anything. And when it was over, they didn't really run out on the, uh, you know, on the stadium floor and celebrate with the team. It's just, just another day in West Texas. Well, Ryan, I did notice that Texas Tech was fined fifty grand by the Big Twelve, also publicly reprimanded from after the fans rushing the field, and there was an altercation between Tech fans and some players from Texas. But where did that money come from? Did that come from like a savings account that's supposed to be saved for if there is a time that Texas Tech decides to leave for the SEC or Pac twelve? <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, okay. So after the Big Twelve assessed the uh, what it was fifty thousand, I don't even know what it was. Yeah, the fine. Uh, a local bank, Citibank, uh, named after the city, Citibank uh, here locally, uh, ponied up the fifty thousand and said, "We're good to go if you want to do this again a couple more times this year." Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was, I was kind of playing it down a little bit. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, this game's been going on for a long time. Probably the last time Texas will ever play in Jones Stadium if these teams even play 
each other again anywhere in the foreseeable future, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And I'm fine not playing Texas anymore. Go do what you want to do. Enjoy, you know, you've been, you know, seven, eight win team in the Big 12. Enjoy being a five and four win team in the SEC. Yeah, it mattered. It was a big deal. And it was a, a really special Saturday there at Jones Stadium. Well, Ryan, let's start talking about the uh, Red Raiders who will visit Manhattan on Saturday. 11 a.m. is the kickoff. First of all, your offense is running pretty quickly, I would say. Averaging 94 plays a game, that's most in the country. Second best in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State at 79 a contest. I don't know if you keep a stopwatch there with you in the press box and time every snap and what's left on the play clock, but uh, do you know an average on how quickly that Tech is snapping the ball right now? I tell you what's interesting. It's not that they're playing like their hair's on fire or the old Cliff Kingsbury, we want to get nine plays or even uh, going all the way to the bleach or anything. It's just they've gone really long drives. Let's go back to the 70s and 80s in the Big Eight when Nebraska and Oklahoma would roll up 75, 85 plays. It's just because you maintain the ball. They're going 13 play drives, they're going 17 play drives. They're clicking it off. Uh, I will say this, that Kitley, the new offense, does a good job of getting the play in quickly. And it allows them to get to the line of scrimmage, not in a hurried fashion, but with the ability to either change out of the play if it doesn't work or run the play. Uh, but it, it's, it's not necessarily by design that they're trying to run up there just as quick as they can. It's by converting first downs on second down, converting first downs on third down, and running these long drives. It's really... Um, and, you know, uh, maybe we'll see some of that uh, there in Manhattan this weekend. Maybe we won't, depending on the K-State defense. But it's a different uh, style of clicking off plays. Now a quarterback. I know when Tyler Shot got hurt during the uh, the Murray State game, it was put out there a few days later, maybe three to six weeks with that collarbone injury. Well, I guess now it's been three weeks. Would there be any chance, though, of seeing Tyler Shuck on the field? No, and Joey McGuire, tech head coach, he kind of clarified that Monday during his press conference. They're looking at the bye week coming up in a couple of weeks. There's no real rush. He had a plate put in on his left side, uh, kind of trying to protect the collarbone or, or just making airport security things go off, whatever. <laughs> Uh, it may be. They're in no hurry to bring him back right now. Donovan Smith has played well enough, so I don't even know that he will travel. He did not, uh, as far as I know, he did not travel to NC State two weeks ago. He is a ways off, so I would be 100% shocked if he was even in Manhattan or, or at the very least suited out. Well, Donovan Smith is the leading passer in the Big 12 right now, thrown for over 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. But he's young, but he's also throwing to some young receivers. How would you grade the passing game right now? Uh, the passing game is a work in progress. I think for Zach Kittley, the OC, uh, he has some elements in there that he likes. They try to mesh concepts across the field, not necessarily deep down the field. They made some changes as the game went on against Texas, incorporated the tight ends up the scene, found some of that. It's very flexible passing game. I think with Donovan Smith, still a young quarterback as far as starts, the thing that we have watched him is he has two things. Either one, he comes to the line of scrimmage and he's already made up his mind where he's going to go, and that turns into a pick six, which we saw against Houston and NC State. Or, <clears throat> on the other side, pardon me, he, uh, he holds on to the ball too long. His internal clock is not where it needs to be with this offensive line for Texas Tech. Uh, he was much quicker on the release against Texas. Obviously, he had some good numbers. He won the game. But he, he's kind of still a work in progress. And these receivers, minus Miles Price, who's been around, uh, and maybe Louis Fungi. Um, and that's, that's as far as we know, that's how we say his name. It looks like an eye chart, but it's Louis Fungi. 
that this passing game is really a work in progress. The whole offense, I think, is a work in progress. It ain't bad. You're winning some games, but I don't think it's anywhere near what they want this thing to look like by the end of the year. Now, you had told me when we were previewing Texas Tech uh, a little over a month ago that I need to keep an eye out for Mason Tharp at tight end. I didn't look up the numbers. I wanted to hear from you. What has he done so far this year? He's been banged up. In, in the first couple of games, they haven't been able to incorporate, I think, the tight end the way they wanted to. I think he had a, let's see, he had a reception and a touchdown pass, maybe two in the opening game. against. I don't even remember who they played. What was that, like Murray State or something like that? Yeah. Some guy named Murray. He wore a sweater. He came out here. It wasn't very good. Uh, the tight ends disappeared in the NC State game. They had a couple of catches uh, in the Houston game, and then they reemerged during the Texas game in the second half. You've got three that are there. Baylor Cup, who came in from Texas A&M, who had a touchdown pass the other day. Teeter and then Tharp. So Tharp had a couple of receptions the other day. I'm not saying they're situational. It's not that. I think this passing game is situational in that Zach Kitley, the OC, looks at him and says, okay, you want to take away this? We'll give you that. You want to take away the tight ends? We'll give you the running backs. You want to run off in coverage? We'll throw underneath and mesh at the mid-level. But, yeah, the uh, – the rise of the tight end, I think that was uh, episode, what was that, 12 in the Star Wars series? The rise of the tight end is real in West Texas right now. Now with the running game, I noticed here that the uh, the rushing attack for Texas Tech is right now 3.2 yards per carry, 113 yards per game. Is a slow start with veteran running backs like Sir Roderick Thompson. Is the O-line, is that where it starts? They're a work in progress right now? 100%. This offensive line, you're, dang, uh, you're dinged up. Uh, you lost Spencer Wells in the preseason, the transfer from Western Kentucky. I think they thought he was going to be a linchpin. You brought back Caleb Rogers on the uh, left side, and he got absolutely worked early on against Houston. Got a little bit better. This offensive line just hadn't been that good. They were adequate Saturday against Texas. They were adequate. I think a lot of that had to do with Donovan Smith getting rid of the ball quicker. But right now, they're not run blocking very well. That's Roderick Thompson, who you know is a great touchdown generator, <clears throat> been around forever. I think Taj Brooks is one of your toughest running backs you've had, grinding out five or six yards when he can. But make no mistake, this, this running game is not where they need it to be. And if Kansas State can really nullify that and put it on the arm of Donovan Smith, and they're going to be able to say, okay, Smith, don't make a mistake. Don't throw a pick six. Do that. And, I, and if, I, if I find Kansas State, that's kind of where I'm going. I, I want to make Smith beat me. As crazy as that sounds, after he just beat Texas, I want to see it again. Do it one more time. Speaking with Riot Hyatt, he is our guest as we preview Texas Tech for this matchup on Saturday with K-State at 11 a.m., all right, over to the defense. 38th in the country right now in total defense. How good so far has been some veterans? Ed Rusher, Tyree Wilson, probably starts with him, right? And middle linebacker, Chris Sean Merriweather, who forced that uh, fumble from B. John Robinson. This defense, and you've got to understand, I, as a watcher of Texas Tech football over the last 22 years, it is fascinating and amazing to watch people wearing Texas Tech uniforms, making tackles one-on-one, or a defensive line reestablishing the line of scrimmage in the backfield and having, I believe it's called a TFL or a sack. I had to look it up. Uh, yeah, no, they Tim DeRuiter's defense has exceeded expectations, in my opinion. You mentioned Tyree Wilson. This guy, I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe second-round, depending on who's drafting where. They have done a nice job controlling the line of scrimmage with a base. Um, and, and, and really, it depends on situation, but it's basically an, an, an odd front. 
give or take for the most part, three or five man front. The linebackers, you mentioned Merriweather making the big play the other day, uh, and he is just a, a fantastic player to watch. He's been there uh, 32nd year uh, at Texas Tech. You know, seems seems like a long time, but you know, with the new COVID rules and everything else, you can play that long. But the thing that is really not getting the notice is the back end of the tank defense isn't getting torched. They're not having teams throw for 500 yards against them and beating them play after play. That's allowing – we had – man, I, I hadn't heard this term in so long. Have you heard the term coverage sack? Are you uh, familiar with that? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, Texas Tech had a couple of those the last few weeks. We didn't know. We went to the dictionary. We're trying to figure out what it is. Apparently, if the defensive backs cover the receivers – it allows the offensive uh, defensive line to get there and sack the quarterback. Hell, we almost stopped the game and gave out game balls right then. Speaking with Ryan Hyatt from the Raiderland.com, Ryan, you told me in the preseason that you felt like if Texas Tech beat the teams they should beat, they should be like 500. Well, they're 3-1, and one, a win over Texas, a game against K-State is now four top 25 teams in a row. You're 3-1 and one right now through a third of the season. Has that early success... Has that risen your expectations a step higher on what Tech could be this year? No, and here's why. Because I think as we sit there in July and August and we look and we analyze and we say, well, these people look like this and these people look like that and your team's going to do this. Um, then also you start playing games and go, hey, you know what? Uh, that little team down there in Lawrence may be better than we thought. Uh, that team over here might not be good as we thought. I think it's a reshuffling of deck chairs. And people get tired of hearing it, but I don't think we really know anything in this league this year because let's put West Virginia way down at the bottom. And then it's everybody else with their name in a hat going, who wants to control this? Who wants to do something? So, I, you know, it's, an, it's a cop-out. But, no, I really think this is still a six-win team, plus or minus a game if everything goes well. Seven gets you a nicer bowl game. We'll see what happens. But there are teams that are exceeding expectations. There are teams that week to week, I mean, you know, let's take Kansas State. One week, you're freaking out going, lost to Tulane, man. The next week, you're going, yeah, beat the hell out of Oklahoma at their place. I know you do that all the time. It's kind of a ritual. So, long, long answer to an easy question. Call me back in about two weeks, and let's see where all of us are. That's why I love this conference this year, because anybody right now, in my opinion, one through nine, could win this stinking thing. Minus Kansas, of course, because they're fraudulent and they're uh, cheating and uh, there's no way they can be that good in Lawrence. And we all know that to be true, right? Nah, there's no way they're good. Duke, I mean, who's <laughs> Duke in football? I've never even heard of them. No, I did. I saw the uh, halftime score and I thought, man, uh, they are really playing some good defense over there at Fog Allen. Well, I thought if the uh, college game day was going to be there, I thought they're probably a request to have it in Fog Allen because that's the image of KU basketball. They don't want to show that stadium on national television. Are you kidding me? No, we got – oh, no. <laughs> You are baiting me into banging on KU football, and I'm glad to do it because we got like 3A and 2A uh, high school stadiums better than that junkyard. But I didn't say that, and uh, if Brian Haney ever calls me, I'll deny I ever said it. You're telling me there are stadiums out there in Texas with plumbing. I, I could not imagine uh, <laughs> instead of porta-potties. That, that, that's crazy to me. But, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Awesome stuff. You making the trip to Manhattan this year? I will not. Uh, uh, we uh, we have a rare – my son uh, plays high school football. And we have a rare weekend off, so we're kind of having a family week and everything. I'll be doing my uh, regular uh, post-game show and everything else that we do uh, out here. But uh, And I wish I was out there. I, I love – 
I, I, you know, over the years with basketball and baseball and everything else, I absolutely love Manhattan. I think it is one of the great college towns in America, and uh, you know, I wish I was going up there. And we, we did this on my radio show uh, today, talking about one of the cool things is that Texas Tech fans, I think, have a great respect for Kansas State. And I think it's vice versa. And it's really interesting because Kansas State has been handing Texas Tech their ass over the last decade and a half. And Texas Tech fans are like, yeah, but they're really nice people. <laughs> we are really nice people. We're the best people. That's Ryan Hyatt from TheRayerLand.com. When we come back, we will wrap up the show with a little one, number one song of the day. Ask us anything next. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. And there's no tenderness like grief in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it. But baby, I mean, this is a banger. Boom. Yeah. It really boom, is. Boom. And uh, this had to be like all the uh, all the couples that had baby boomer children. Oh, yeah. This had to be on the bedtime playlist, right? I mean, <laughs> when Mr. and Mrs. Coverdale was thinking oh, about starting a family. Uh, I you heard Righteous Brothers. I, I could neither confirm nor deny other than there was a vinyl uh, of this in the household, yes. Well, okay, well, there you go. But baby! Here it comes to the moon. You lost that love and feeling. Oh, that love and From 1965, you lost that love and feeling by the Righteous Brothers. Two weeks at number one, the musical duo of Bill Medley and Bobby Hatfield. Orange County, California. They actually started as a five-piece called the Paramours. And then it was just cut down to two after a while, and they became the Righteous Brothers. Now, according... Oh, oh, nobody takes this the wrong way, but up until a couple of years ago, I didn't know the Righteous Brothers were two white guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you didn't. I didn't, know. That's some soul, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know, right? They got a little soul. Yeah. Well, okay, so according to Medley... They adopted the name The Righteous Brothers for the duo because black Marines from the El Toro Marine base started calling them Righteous Brothers. <laughs> At the end of the performance, a black U.S. Marine in the audience, I'm quoting here, in the audience would shout, that was Righteous Brothers, and would greet them as, hey, Righteous Brothers, how you doing? Nice. And they loved it. They're nice. like, this is it. This is cool. They were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 03. Rolling Stone has them number 16 on their list of the 20 greatest duos of all time. 15 studio albums, 12 top 40 hits. This is their first of two number ones. When this song was written, um, it was like a work in progress title type of thing. Phil Spector produced the album and the song. 
Of course, he's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of famous. Mm-hmm. He also pulled one over on the radio stations across the United States because back then, nobody was really playing any songs over five minutes. They would maybe give you a little bit of grace and go 305, 310. But this song was three minutes and 45 seconds long, but when they sent it out to radio stations, they had listed it as a song that lasted three minutes and five seconds. And music directors across the country are like, why, why are our set lists so off? Why are we running over? They couldn't figure it out. Well, Phil Spector pulled a fast one to get the song played. And by the time they realized, the song was a major hit. So they're like, well, we can't stop playing it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see here. Um, So according to BMI Music Publishing, You've Lost That Love and Feeling was played on American radio and television more times than any other song of the 20th century. Really? That's a hell of a statistic, right? It got got over 8 million plays from the time it was released until 2000. And that also includes other versions of the song. It's been covered many times. Sure. In 2003, the Righteous Brothers, they played this to open the ceremonies of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was odd timing, too, because Phil Spector was arrested for murder charges just a month before the ceremony. That little deal there. Ouch. In 2001, the song was chosen as one of the songs of the century by the RIAA, and in 2003, it was ranked 34th on Rolling Stone's list of the top 500 songs of all time. Where is it listed now? It's not. Okay. It's no longer on the list. Oh my God! The people at Rolling Stone, I gotta have a, I gotta have a talk with them. You know? I mean, in 2015, it was inducted into the National Recording Registry yeah. by the Library of Congress yeah. for being culturally, historically significant and radical. Is this you? Is it, this is like a love song, but it's about losing that loving feeling? Yeah. Let's hear it again. You know when somebody throws that on, you know, you know, like we're just hanging out with somebody and you're like, oh God, you no, just, not that way. I can't say I've ever experienced that in my <laughs> life. Well, that's going to do it. Rob Velker is waiting to take over. He's waiting patiently, I think. Yeah, he, well, impatient. He's that way. K-State Volleyball is starting here in just a few minutes. Yeah, go Cats. Cats at Lubbock Te- in Lubbock, Texas to take on Texas Tech. United Supermarkets Arena just a few minutes after 6 o'clock. Enjoy, enjoy the call. We'll be back for a full two hours tomorrow. For Travion, DG, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.